Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. We always appreciate you for finding us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we also appreciate our kids for being semi-quiet while we try to get some stuff done. We're talking football. We're talking 2018 NFL Hall of Fame Gold Jacket finalist. I know a lot of these guys KO has played with, played against. It'll be interesting to hear the feedback. But let's go down the list first. We got Edron James, the running back, of course. Most of his years with the Colts and Cardinals. Of course, Mr. Randy Moss, first year. Should go. Absolutely. Terrell Owens. Should go. Absolutely. Isaac Bruce. Should go. Okay, absolutely. Tony Baselli. Should go. Okay, absolutely. Joe Jacoby. No. Guard, Steve Hutchinson. Hutch, yeah. Hutch. He's classic. He was a beast. Uh, Alan Faneca. Guard. Oh, Fan- Alan Faneca. Faneca. Faneca was real. Yeah, this is this is tough. Kevin Mawai. Shit. Oh. Heck yeah. Ray Ray. Linebacker, first year eligible. Oh, yeah, he's going. He's yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Brian Erlacher. Erlacher's going too. Hell yeah. Erlacher, Moss, and uh, Ray Lewis are, are going hands down first. Erlacher, you say Erlacher, Moss, and Ray Ray should be yeah. in hands down. But T.O. should have been in a few T. years ago yeah, too. They, Ty Law. Uh, your boy Brian Dawkins, this isn't his first year, but he's up. Brian Dawkins is still there. And uh, John Lynch, first year. John Lynch was a hard hit in safety. Now he is the general manager for the San Francisco 49ers. He's an NFL guy, uh, good guy. I think uh, he'll probably go. He's good for the morale of the league. I I can see that. He's put. A, I mean, he, he played. A, he had a great career too. So I think so. There are a lot of great names on here. It's gonna. I don't know how many they're allowed to let in. At Randy one year. Moss. But come on, like how you gonna have Randy Moss get in and Terrell Owens not get in when they pretty much have identical stats? They're they're number two and three behind behind Jerry in pretty much the major categories. They both got to go. Yeah, they, they both got both got to go. They they both got to go. But I'm getting sick of these. Those these, two, Ray Lewis and Erlacher. I think they're all going. I got a problem with the picky, you know, the writers that are that make it a personal thing and not the merit of their game on the field because it's a, it's all personal. Why Terrell Owens isn't in by now? Because if you're going to put Randy in on his first year and you're not going to put – you still don't put Terrell Owens in? Like, that's and, some and personal shit. Randy was shit. too. And Randy was mooning <laughs> motherfuckers, you know what I mean? Strike cash, homie. Like, that was all Randy. There were years where Randy Moss just gave up. There were Like, those three years in Oakland, like, where was he at? Or in Tennessee, he was like a non-factor. There were years that Randy Moss just didn't show up for seasons. Wow, I can't he did really play for Tennessee. I forgot. Thank you. You forgot all about that because he yeah. went to New England and got, got 23 with, with Tom Brady and set a record. I can't say that about Terrell Owens. No matter where Owens went, he showed up to play. He was a prick. He was a bad teammate. But yeah, that he, boy didn't – he didn't he slack at all when on the field. When playing on the field, he was, he was getting it. If, I mean, I'm not going to pull up the stats. That's, that's for all you number people out there. But if you were to go season for season every year, you I think Owens' numbers are far more consistent – than Randy's would. Randy, you're like, what? Like, how did you? There yeah. are times he just didn't show up. Tennessee, Man, Randy Oakland. on the Patriots was cracking, though. Still only got, what, one year out of that? Two years out of that? And then he was gone. Yeah. Again, that shows how dope he was to take years off and still be pretty much number two or number three all time in the yeah. major categories. Yeah. But that just also proves it's personal with, with Owens. And I hate how they do that. They do that just – Chris Carter should have been in the first, first year. Michael Irvin – you know, but they, they were dicks. So they didn't let them. <laughs> but now yeah, you're letting. That's t- almost so that, you know, it's funny because it should be something voted on by players only because it's our Hall of Fame. 
Well, I mean, then again, I, I shouldn't say that. It's a Hall of Fame for NFL fans and players and everybody together. So you're just a writer. You just all you did was report what somebody else did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, literally, I agree. Fans support the players by buying tickets to go to a game, to buy the paraphernalia, they go and enjoy the game, they root you on. That's doing something for the team. The team goes out there, they play the game, they entertain, they provide entertainment. They're giving something. So it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. The writer is just the third wheel spectating, watching. I don't think it should be left up to them to vote people in, not just yeah. them. I it mean, it makes no sense. It makes for a no Hall sense. of Fame? No. You get to vote the Hall of Fame and you've never played the game or did anything to contribute to the game other than just report what you saw. And now you're uh, uh, you're delegating whether or not somebody gets in based off blood, sweat, and tears, giving to the game to be eligible to be in Hall of Fame. And you're going to hold somebody out because they're the they gatekeeper. Were, That's it, the worst in the history of yeah. life. I've understood this right now. Yeah. I just came to the pivot. This is the worst travesty in the history of sports. It is the stupidest thing ever. I don't even want to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I don't have the opportunity to be in the Hall of Fame. I didn't put the stats to get that. But if I was LT or Lawrence Taylor or the real LT, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But uh-huh. Or somebody else, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you take away from what they did as a player by you being the gatekeeper. Come yeah. on. It should be retired athletes or people that are in the Hall of Fame already. Like the Heisman. The Heisman winners have a vote on who wins the Heisman. Like, I think that's pretty – I mean, other people get a vote as well, but at least include the people that are part of the club. Hey, that's like saying <laughs> in order to join the Crips, <laughs> you got to get voted in by the local school newspaper. <laughs> Brand new year, same shitty music out. I guess – well, let me start that over. Let me be less hater. 2017 was such a great year for one Cardi B, who seemed to come out of basically nowhere and rise to stardom on the Billboard chart. That was my old-ass top 40 radio voice right there, Um, because you're not supposed to talk trash about the artist. Anyways, it was a big year for her. Can't deny that. How? She had a a hot song. It was number one. Number one on Billboard. How is it hot, though? Like... Man, it's, it's, you know what it is? It's a formula. It's kind of like comedy. Comedy is uh, done in threes. It's a formula for timing. There's probably a formula done also for uh, for stupid songs to go uh, hot in the charts. Mm-hmm. It's retarded, man. Oh, Cardi yeah. B is horrible. I agree. The way she sounds, her delivery is garbage. I can't listen to Delirious her talk. Horrible. Yeah. She used to be a stripper. Now she's a rapper, and she's now she's a star. That's yeah. stupid. She's uh, engaged to one of the dudes in Migos. Yeah, what a stupid name too for a group. <laughs> the Amigos, Amigos, Amigos. Uh, the three individual names of the guys in Migos is the funniest thing, but we won't get into that. But honestly, when I think about the rise of Cardi B, I can't help but think about the demise of one Nicki Minaj. Like, it wasn't so long ago that Nicki Minaj was the queen of the rap game. And now, Cardi B is like a a junior varsity version of Nicki Minaj to me. Because Nicki Minaj can actually spit. I don't like all of her stupid personalities and all of that. But when it comes to just writing bars, I'm not mad at Nicki Minaj. But this Cardi shit... Just means Nikki is leaving the game wide open for other girls to take her spot. And Remy Ma from Terror Squad's back the whole nine, but I can't think about Cardi B coming up without thinking about Nicki Minaj falling off. Yeah, uh, Nicki Minaj was good on her mixtapes back in the day when she first came out. Mm-hmm. That, I was showing Claudine something. I was listening to let her hear some of the uh, old tracks from Nicki Minaj back when she was coming out, the mixtapes. 
her delivery then was different. It was the New York delivery. Now she's on some Hollywood weirdo type. I'm eccentric. Now I'm I'm rich, so now I can get it. I can do whatever I want to do, and people are gonna like it. It sounds like garbage. Yep. It's like bubblegum bullcrap. Yep. Once this is how I feel about certain artists. Once they start doing more features on other people's shit than they are actually doing. They're a, a full project, a full album. As in Nicki Minaj's case, I'm hearing her just doing more features on other people's stuff. That means she's only got 16 bars in her at a time. She can't put together a hot song anymore. She definitely can't put together a hot album anymore. I still don't know what the hell is up with Cardi B. Although I do like the Bruno Mars finesse remix with her on there. And the video's dope. They tried to take it back like old school and living color shit. Hella dope. But I can only handle Cardi B in 16 bars. I just don't like her name. I think her name is already annoying me enough. That, that thing on Jimmy Fallon, man, when she was just making a bunch of sound effects when he's trying to have a conversation with her. This, this just confirms that, you know, we're old. We're out of the demographic now because there is a formula to... To these guys making this stupid hip hop and dumbing ad-libs. it down and the ad libs. Amigos, amigos, ad lib. Yeah. Ami- amigos. I'm tired of saying amigos. It's amigos. Amigo. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we go. We ain't done talking about this one right now. It's Cali. Amigo. It's Cali KO on Anchor. Amigo. It's Cali KO brought to you by Anchor. And you know, you might have just heard the break we just did, the rise of Cardi B. And it, I, I tried to warn you, it's a major hater alert type of break. But I don't want it to come across like we are. I mean, I'm not hating on Cardi B, and I'm not hating on all of the new hip hop out there. I think there's a lot of good hip hop out there. And as far as Cardi B's concerned, I just ain't heard enough of her to really form an opinion on her. The Bodak Yellow song is popping as a DJ. It's a felony if I don't play that song. Even if I'm playing somewhere where it might be Planet Caucasia, I gotta play the clean version at least. I mean, that song's a smash. I'm not hating. Finesse with Bruno? Banger. I like her feature on there. I guess I just gotta hear more of her to form an opinion on her. And as far as all of the new hip-hop, I like a lot of the hip-hop. I'm not a fan of the slow mumble rap where all these dudes sound really stupid. I'm not a fan of that. And I know that once I start talking about hip-hop, a, a lot of people will start to criticize and make, you know, I sound like an old head and I'm just hating on the new guys and the new culture and the new swag. That's not the case. There were there was styles of hip-hop that I didn't like in, back in the day with the shit that I grew up. I wasn't a fan of Bone Thugs and Harmony. You know, that tongue twister, real fast rap shit? That just wasn't my thing. I mean, it's a personal preference. Um, lyrically, I like guys that are speaking on something. Something other than Percocet, Molly Percocet on that lean. I mean, it's okay to talk about your drugs. I mean, that's been going on forever. Talking about partying, that's been going on forever. Talking about your ladies, that's been going on forever. Talking about your cars and your whips and your money and your jewelry and bagging and all that shit, that's been going on forever. So I'm not mad about that. I just like a little bit more balance when it comes to the lyrics. And I don't like that that's pretty much all that they promote is all of that dumb shit. You know, like mix it up. Let's hear some more logic on the radio. Let's hear some more Kendrick, but deep Kendrick. You know, deep logic. I mean, they got the songs. They got some people out there. Let's hear some more chants. There are a lot of guys that are doing some really good things out there in this hip-hop world. Let's hear that. And I am mad at Migos. They get the club popping. I ain't hating on the new mainstream hip-hop because it's just a different vibe, man. You know, when I was growing up, the beat was a little faster, about 90 to 100 BPMs, and we was out there swinging. 
and and what is now the mainstream of hip hop is what I remember being just in the strip club. That was a strip club hip hop, that down south shit, which is all good. I'm not mad that the strip club music has now made it into the mainstream. Good for the dirty south and that genre for holding it down like that. I just like to hear a little bit more variety. Some of these guys, they're interchangeable. I can't tell which one is which, but my son loves that shit. He in his room singing Post Malone all day, 21 Savage all day. I tried to get him off that Gucci gang, but he's hooked. There's nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. He likes Nas too, though. It's Calvin K on Anchor. Again, hit me up with your feedback. I know we got some music lovers out there. So you tell me what you rocking with. Tell me your opinion on the old school versus the new school. Tell me what you think about the new school. If you're old school and if you're new school, tell me what you think about the old school. This is open discussion here. This ain't just me going on a rant. I want to hear from you. You let me know and we'll be back. I got to talk some basketball. Congratulations, Los Angeles Clippers. You have finally ended your losing streak to the Golden State Warriors. Yay! Hooray! Woo! I feel like it was so long ago that everybody was looking forward to what would be the Clippers versus Warriors rivalry. Where the Clippers had the upper hand when they had the racist owner. And then the racist owner had to get had to lose his team. And then the Clippers went back to being irrelevant, non-factors. Thus... The rivalry of the Clippers and Warriors disappeared. But nonetheless, congratulations were congratulations is due. The Clippers win in Oakland 125 to 106 on Wednesday night. No splash brothers. Gotta put that out there. Steph Curry was resting his sore ankle, and Clay Thompson just needed a night off because he hasn't had a night off all season. Well deserved. He got the night off. It showed on the court because Lou Williams for the Los Angeles Clippers puts up. 50 on them. Puts up 50 on the dubs. 27 points in the third quarter. This dude went ham. There's nothing I can say about that. Kevin Durant did his thing. He did what he could to try to carry the team, but it just wasn't their night. It's not that they were playing completely shitty. The Clippers were making every shot imaginable. Clearly, when you got Lou Williams putting up 50 points all on his own. But nonetheless, congratulations to the Los Angeles Clippers. You are relevant for an evening. And then moving on, let's talk about the statement game of the evening for me was the OKC Thunder at the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves put that thing on the Thunder. Jimmy Butler puts up 26 points, 8 assists, and 7 boards in the win. Only taking 13 shots and he makes 7 of them. Don't sleep on the Timberwolves. They, they had a convincing win against Cleveland not too long ago. Now they come back and they beat the Thunder. A lot of people are saying that they expect Minnesota to fade from that number four seed and drop down into the bottom four brackets, making room for Oklahoma City when they assume that they're going to catch their stride to then move into the top four of the Western Conference. I think Minnesota Timberwolves heard that, and they made sure to make a statement to the Oklahoma City Thunder that we ain't going nowhere. That's what they showed them on Wednesday night. Russ did his thing. He had 38 points, 10 boards, 5 assists. Took a lot of shots. Mello, 5 of 19 from the field. You got to do better than that, bruh. 15 points in 31 minutes. You got to do better than that, bruh. Come on, Mello. You're starting to look your age hella quick. PG-13 did what he could. But again, 5 for 14 from the field. 
13 points. You got to do better than that, bruh. Six rebounds, four assists, that's all right. But in 38 minutes, you're putting up 13 points, five or 14 shooting. Y'all got to do better than that. OKC, y'all got to step up. The lack of offensive efficiency that the Thunder are showing right now during this stretch of basketball is why they won't compete with the Warriors if they don't get their shit together. I believe they have the tools to get it together and actually compete with the Warriors, but if they keep playing this type of hero ball, you take turns getting your shots on ISO, I take turns of getting my shots on ISO, we're going to keep jacking up a bunch of shots and missing a gang of these motherfuckers, they ain't going to hang with the Warriors because the Warriors are just far too efficient offensively and defensively to play against trash teams like that in a series and lose. I'm just saying. But nonetheless, statement win for Minnesota. They are coming for people. Carl Anthony Towns had a double-double. Wiggins did his thing as well. And then the team that everyone really thinks is supposed to be the threat to the Warriors in the Western Conference, the Houston Rockets had a convincing win at home against the Portland Trailblazers. CP3 did his thug fizzle. Without James Harden on the court, 37 points, 11 assists, 7 boards, 13 of 29 shooting from the field. And Eric Gordon helped pick up the slack. He puts up 30 points, hits 5 three-pointers, 5 rebounds. Good offensive showing for the Rockets. And the Blazers do their thing. I mean, Dame Dollar had 29, 8 assists, 5 boards. CJ had 24 points, 6 boards, 4 assists. That backcourt in Portland is nice. If they could get some frontcourt help to go with those two snipers back there in their backcourt, Portland could do some things in the future. So that's a quick three-game recap of the NBA Wednesday night. I'm going to come back and we're going to talk milestones. Kevin Durant is the second youngest player in NBA history to reach 20,000 points. We're going to touch on that when we get back. It's Cal and KO on Anchor. Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. We're going to stick with the association basketball milestones. Kevin Durant became the second youngest player in NBA history to reach 20,000 points for his career. First on the list is LeBron James. Second now, Kevin Durant. Third, Kobe Bryant. Wilt Chamberlain is number four on the list. Number five on that list is Michael Jordan. All five of those players reached the 20,000-point milestone before the age of 30. LeBron James is the only player of those five to reach 20,000 points before the age of 29. So I want to talk a little bit more about these five players and the path that they took to get to that milestone of 20,000 points. This will probably be the longest break I've recorded on this show by myself. So y'all, I apologize in advance. Uh, Let's start at the top with King James. He's the only one to hit 20,000 before the age of 29, and it makes sense. I mean, he came into the league, and he had an immediate impact. He was quick to put buckets up, and he also showed a well-rounded game. But since we're only talking points, he came in as a rookie, and he lit it up, and he never slowed down. So it makes sense that he is number one on the list as far as the youngest person to get 20,000. And then Kevin Durant's got the same story. He came into the league and had an immediate impact. He had multiple scoring titles before he had reached like six years in the league. He did one year of college. LeBron didn't. And to be honest, that's the only thing that separates LeBron at one and KD at number two is that LeBron came in fresh out of high school. KD did a year at Texas. And then Kobe at number three, he also did no college, just like LeBron. 
but his path was a little different. His first couple years in the league weren't as impactful as uh, Bron Bron and the Durantula, but that shows how bad of a motherfucker Kobe was because he didn't come in guns blazing like the other guys did, actually scoring points in the league. He had an impact. He, you know, he was a popular player. He was in the dunk contest. He was exciting to watch, but his points per game in his first few seasons wasn't anything to write home about. But when he got rolling, then the Mamba got rolling and he put up numbers that got him back to where he needed to be. You know, he was sharing time with Shaq and he was still putting up stupid numbers. Not sharing time with Shaq, but, you know, sharing the ball with Shaq who was the baddest at his position at the time, and it didn't compromise Kobe's numbers. And then Shaq left, and it was all Kobe's team, and then Kobe just went ham. So for him to not start hot, but then still be on this list, third on this list, shows how bad of a dude the Mamba was once he got rolling. And then as far as four and five, they're in the same place as well. Wilt Chamberlain is number four. He did two years of college at Kansas. You know, everybody knows what he did. His whole career was just video game numbers. You know, one of the few dominant big men at that time. He was putting up stupid buckets for a long period of time. He never slowed down. That makes sense. And then, but really, I want to get to number five, which is MJ, the GOAT. Make no mistake about it. He did three years of college, missed a full season within his first three years of the league because of an injury and still is number five on this list to get to 20,000 points faster than anybody else every the record is going to show that LeBron got to 20,000 before everybody else some people will look at that and they will conclude that LeBron is the best scorer in NBA history that's not the case in my opinion he he didn't go to college he came in at 18 KD did one year of college. He came in at 19. Kobe, no college. He came in at 17, turning 18. Wilt, two years of college. He came in at 20. Jordan did three years of college, came in at 21, missed a year, and then still went on a rampage to be the fifth fastest player to get to 20,000 points. His career points per game average is still the highest in NBA history. Had he not retired two, three times and just played all the way through his career, we would be talking about MJ and even a far greater regard than we do right now. And a lot of people consider him the GOAT. I consider him the GOAT. So I'm bringing this up as a, de- as a topic of debate, topic of discussion for everyone else Yeah, the list shows LeBron number one, uh, KD number two, and congrats to KD. He's the newest member of this 20,000 career points group. I don't want to take the light away from him, but between LeBron, KD, Kobe, Wilt, and MJ and their 20,000 career points and all five of them doing it before the age of 30, when you look at the path that it took for them to get there, and like I said, LeBron and KD came out hot, guns blazing. Right when they got into the league, it was an immediate impact. Kobe took a few years to get there, but once he got there, his shine was probably brighter than the other guys in this list. But Wilt and MJ doing the college that they did, 
and then putting up the numbers that they did when they came in, they really came in a guns a blazing. And MJ missed a season due to injury with one of his first three years in the league. So all these people keep passing Michael Jordan on the statistical list, the charts that people are going to see and go, well, Michael Jordan's only fifth. Or Michael Jordan's only fourth or fifth all-time in scoring now. that They're going to see that and they're going to assume, because it's a simpleton argument, that everybody ahead of him was better than him. Because they're, And they're going to say numbers don't lie, which is true. Numbers don't necessarily lie, but not all the numbers give you the full story. They don't give you the full perspective. And the full perspective on this one right here is if you use the eye test along with the homework test, you would realize... That had Michael Jordan taken a different path, like let's say LeBron or Kobe or KD, let's say he didn't do three years of college and he just went straight in, if that was an option for him back there. Could you imagine the numbers he would have put up? If he didn't get hurt one of those first three years, could you imagine the numbers he would have put up? The dude was a beast. Don't ever slip on Jordan. Don't just think of him about having the dope shoes. That was a bad, bad man right there. But once again, shout out to the newest member of the 20,000 Point Career Club, KD, the Durantula, Dub Nation. You know I always got to bring it back to the dubs. One of Dub Nation's finest right there, the Durantula. KD is in the history books. Cal and KO on Anchor, we trying to get to the history books as well. We might have to pay. We might have to do some payola shit to get there. But we're going to do what we can because if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. We'll be right back. <laughs> 